podcast, but it's not totally lame. This week on The Big Show, Joe interviews three Franciscan sisters of Christian charity, Sister Julianne Sheehan, Sister Marianne Spaniards, and Sister Carmen Marie Diaz. They talk about how they discern their call to the religious life and what Franciscan spirituality is all about. It's a sister act without Whoopi Goldberg. And now, the man who makes me a better Catholic. Wait, didn't Pope Francis say you were the main problem with Roman Curia? Hey, stick to the script, or we'll get somebody else to do this. Durr. All right, and now the man who makes me a better Catholic, Mr. Joe Geisler. All right, so uh, this week I'm here with uh, my good friend Sabrina, and also <laughs> and also uh, the uh, I always stumble into my interest. And also, uh, I'm here with three uh, sisters of. The Franciscan Sisters of Christian Charity. So, welcome to Joe's People. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be <laughs> and, here. And so now we're doing almost like a. Uh, this is almost like NPR's Fresh Air. So we're we're in a uh, we're in a coffee shop in Austin. Or actually, it's the steeping room. So the, uh, it's a tea shop, I guess. So um, now, uh, so you, I'm here with uh, so sisters uh, Julianne and Mary Ann and Sister Carmen Marie. And uh, now, so the the Franciscan sisters. So, give us some background on them. So, this is according to your guys' PR. You know, so Great. The, uh, That's good. <laughs> so you serve That's in, good. <laughs> so you serve in the eleven U.S. dioceses in uh, in Catholic education, music education, healthcare, campus ministry visits, and parish community services. And I also like this this trivia. Um, the, the, the Areas cover Saint Teresa in Kekaha, Hawaii. Oh, very good. Which uh, westernmost parish in the U.S. Dodging the hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> and then two uh, uh, Arizona desert missions. Which that's good. We had the Desert Fathers and all the desert missions in the early in the church. And then to rural Nebraska, the Mississippi, Ohio, and all, and the Upper Peninsula. Meaning what Upper Peninsula? Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. As well as Northeast Wisconsin, so, and you know, my thing would be who, who gets to decide. Oh yeah, I wanna, I'm going to be in Hawaii. Uh, you guys can cover Michigan. Call the media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. still waiting for the Hawaii obedience. That's not coming yet. Yeah, be like, oh, you know, you gotta, somebody has to minister to the Hawaiians, so why not me? You know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yes. And then, so and then, um, I've been told. Okay, so you have uh, on your website. There's a tab called the Song of the Month uh, on the uh, the Franciscanized World part of the website, and this month it's the Stream of Peace concert. So, now were you three involved in the Stream of Peace concert or that that recording, or uh, is that? It's mostly other? Sister Julianne yeah. is the background to that one. Yes. Okay. We kind of work with different artists for the Stream of Peace. Uh, for example, Sam Barker is one of them. Okay. We also have. Uh, 
St. Anne's Choir from Houston, Texas. Oh. They actually are one of the actual musicians that have supplied a, a peaceful number for us. Yeah. Um, so along with somebody local, um, somebody from Yuma, Arizona, who we actually know, um, did a song for us called Pass It On. But then we also did, we have our own uh, Franciscan Sisters of Christian Charity theme song. We added that because it's called Peace and All Good. Peace and, and all good. Peace and all good. Okay. Good theme. I like that. I have a theme song that's more of a swing. Uh, it's got a swing beat to it. So it's good your order has a theme song. That's, that's, yeah. I always feel like In fact, I started out with my theme song. That was the first thing I did for the podcast. Everybody's like, man, that's an awesome theme song. And then I was like, that'd be bad if like that was the best part of my podcast. And it was all downhill from there, right? So you want, you want your theme song to like. We also had a Friar contributed number. A group that's going to be performing in San Antonio huh. in a couple months. So, oh, brother, is it a, Brother Al? Is okay, is, it, is this the CFRs like the Franciscan Friars? No, this different, it's a OFM. OFM, okay. Cool. Uh, so then, um, all right, so, uh, and now, I guess maybe I'll jump into exactly, uh, uh, okay, now I want to do a general question about, uh, or I want to first start with, um, uh, you know, what brought each of you to the Franciscan order? And I guess, you know, like we'd said, uh, uh, the discussion of the vocation stories, that could be a whole segment in and of, <laughs> in and of itself. But um, so but, uh, why don't I start with uh, uh, Sister, Sister Carmen Marie. Actually, I'll slide the mic close to you. <laughs> I met our sisters while I was attending high school in uh, Los California. Uh, Southern California, and um, I pretty much was going to a Catholic high school with the five different communities serving, sister communities serving, and part of the archdiocesan part of L.A., and priests. So we had a lot of religious witness around our high school, and I graduated in 80, so it's, I'm 52 right now. And I've been in community for about 25 years. So um, uh, I met our sisters there, and I liked the community. And I hadn't really made up my mind what I, quite what I wanted to do, but it um, it seemed like a thing to do. Once I got out of high school, I went to work for a couple of years, and I entered. I asked for entrance when I was about 20. And so that's pretty much, pretty much the story there. That's cool. I mean, usually you think of LA as not, you, you don't think of LA as generating, generating vocations. <laughs> High schools there, I'm thinking more 90210 uh, type right. of yeah, okay. oh, That's good. That it, <laughs> <laughs> it's good that we got we got a nun out of that. <laughs> yeah. so. Actually, actually, that high school generates about five religious per year. Huh. So different different places. Yeah. And, whether it's the priesthood or religious life. So, it's pretty strong in that. Yeah. It's good to hear we have, we have strong, uh, strong uh, community out there. So, mm-hmm. so um, now, Sister, uh, Sister, it's Sister Marion. Yeah, I know. Correct. Yeah, it's, uh, see, I messed up with Marie. So, yeah, no, it's Sister Marion. Marianne. See, I keep thinking of uh, uh, Marianne on uh, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah. Grew up with that show. <laughs> One of my friends was... Uh, he was telling me about how I got to do a podcast on how um, 
on Gilligan's Island, each of the people is supposed to center, like their character center around one of the deadly sins that it was. Um, really? Yeah, that like Professor Howe, or Professor, the, the Howe. Oh, yeah. Mr. Howe is greed and his wife is sloth because she never does anything. <laughs> and, um, Mary Ann's was jealousy because she was always jealous of Oh, no. And then, so, but no, I'm sure, you know, Sister Mary Ann, I'm sure you're going to be so, yeah. no. We hope not. We're working on life. <laughs> so, working on those those virtues. <laughs> that was I'm trying to think of which there was a um, one of the saints that he started out that way. He focused on a virtue every week. Was focusing on conquering that uh, or focusing on one of the one of the virtues. Um, Wasn't Augustine. Yeah, I don't know. That it was, uh, <laughs> I think he gave up after a while. And he said, "Oh, I'm just going to devote myself to Jesus." But so yeah, so. Uh, um, my story, I grew up in a small town in um, outside of Appleton, Wisconsin, and uh, really, it was a really um, a country little burg, and um, loved being outside. I found out after living the life of in Bowes that I've been a Franciscan all my life, way before I entered the, the community, and uh, that's been kind of a, a wonderful unfolding affirmation of God's working in one's life, that the, the, the call to a specific way of life is something that's um, kind of in your DNA. It's, it's, yeah. your, your, it's not something that just all of a sudden is bestowed upon you by God, but this is how God has created you. And I think especially with Franciscan life, I discovered that um, through my family and the simplicity of growing up on a small farm and um, being outside a lot and... and part of nature, but also um, being uh, gifted to have our sisters in grade school and in high school, and always looking at them and saying, there's something about them I like, there's something I want to be like, there's something that is um, is kind of mysterious, but really approachable. I, I we, we have some very down-to-earth sisters, I think that's characteristic of Franciscan life, um, and then going to retreats when I, um, our mother house is only an hour from where I grew up. And as um, in high school, I was invited by the sisters to, to go on some discernment retreats. And that really changed me because I discovered other young women like myself who I thought were pretty normal. And... Um, that we're also longing to find out more about this Franciscan way of life and we're attracted to it and discovered God's um, deep love within the, the whole atmosphere and movement and, and presence of living with the sisters. So um, I would say the retreats, uh, the discernment retreats were very important in my life um, and connecting me with, with other young women who also joined and um, to this day are very good friends. Um, so my, my vocation story is that of, of kind of being in a direction of God. Also, I always say when I talk to the kids, you know, you want to hear the holy version or the unholy version. <laughs> and, of course, they always want to hear, the, want to hear the, unholy. the unholy version, you know. I want to hear the company and, and, and the unholy version is that when I would think of myself as being married and I love kids and I love guys and I went out on lots of dates and stuff but when I would think of myself in that line of, of life you know being a wife and a mother and, and in a house and I, 
I would feel like I was being strangled. I would think, I can't, I wouldn't be able to do that all my life. I would drive everybody, including myself, crazy. I needed more freedom. And um, religious life is probably one of the best kept secrets of the church and of society. It's a life of of extreme freedom, inner freedom. And um, I found more I'm part of living this life, the more free I'm becoming because I'm becoming the one God has called me to be since I was young and um, and that's a very freeing thing and it's the living the vows within uh, our community um, gives me the freedom to stay close to the Lord that I wouldn't be able to do on my own I know that and so it's being part of something larger than myself being part of the church but being part of a, a community of sisters that um understands me and and has the same desires as I do, but yet being myself. I think that was the the thing. My my family, um, I have three sisters, no brothers. There were four girls. And they all took bets on how long I'd last in the convent because... uh, It's always good to have have family that's encouraging. Oh, yeah, really. (laughs) Because, you know, and my mom, too, she would say, you know, really basically afraid. And I think a lot of young women today encounter that. They're their families are really hesitant to support them because, I think, um, they're afraid they're going to change and they're going to become people they, they don't know. I know that that was the case with my mom. Yeah. She thought I was going to become withdrawn and quiet and tranquil and prayerful and yeah. still waiting for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as... You know, I went through the different stages of religious life. She came to see that I've become more myself, and um, the tranquil and peaceful part is still working on it. Um, but and and then then families, parents, siblings um, become much more supportive. I think because they they don't understand that religious life is a, a beautiful, very real way to live in our world today. As a Franciscan, it's our life is in the world. It's not apart from the world. It's 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 right in the middle of the world. Yeah. And um, and that you can be not only happy but joy filled. And uh, because you're in love, you're in love with God, with Jesus, and He is sharing that love through you. So my story is still unfolding, but yeah, um, my Franciscan life has been growing since I was before I was born. <laughs> No, it's interesting that you say you've been a Franciscan all your life, and it's sort of a matter of like finding out. Exactly. Right? Just discovering that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I think, you know, having worked with young women discerning, they may go to one congregation and not feel at home, and then make the wrong assumption that they're not called to religious life, yeah. whereas they probably haven't found the right connection to their call that God is giving them. And it is, it's a connection of becoming who they are, seeing the gifts that they have within them, and, and where are those gifts, um, where is Jesus calling you to use those gifts and become who he's calling you to be. And one thing is, so if there's a, um, someone that's discerning their call uh, to religious life, um, so you talk about the retreats. Uh, uh-huh. So sometimes the retreats, you know, we'll have retreats at some of our retreat centers. But I mean, the other option is to go actually go live. Uh, Absolutely, with a community, right? yes, and that's part of our um, direction with young women is they need to come to our mother house. Uh, that's the center. That's not where we, 
you know, minister all our lives, but that's the center. It's the mother house. It's where you come, where we, we are um, formed into what is Franciscan Sisters of Christian Charity life. And, and it's where our older sisters come home. And um, so there is a lot of variety of sisters at our mother house, and you, you have an understanding, and it's your rootedness. And, and if someone's discerning religious life, they need to be in that environment to see if they feel like themselves, if they feel this is part of who they are as well. I was curious. You talked about you know the um, the outdoors nature of you know your life. Yes. I always wonder about what you know. What's your view when you see you know Saint Francis of Assisi statues that are just in? Oh, the bird bath Saint Francis. Yeah, bath. yeah, like they're just everywhere, right? And they're you go to H E B here, you know, our supermarkets, right? And you'll just have you know they'll sell them to they'll just be everywhere, like in basically in a secular setting, right? But sure. It's sort of, I always wonder if you view that as is that him. Uh, that's sort of an evangelization thing. In a well, way, in a way, like, I, you know, our, uh, I always our... have to smile. I think it's great. The more you see St. Francis, the better it is, I yeah. think. Um, he was be- one of the first environmentalists. He right? was. So, yeah. He was. But it, but I think, I, you know, we have in our, in our, our oldest chapel is St. Francis Chapel at our mother house. And there is an image, a statue of, of Jesus on the crucifix embracing Francis. And I always... You know, share with with the young people that that are, are are there that that is the true Franciscan spirituality. It's that closeness of becoming one with Jesus, that um, looking into His eyes. And I love that image because Francis and Jesus, their eyes are locked. And I say it depends on on what's going on in my life when I when I'm, I'm kneeling in that chapel. If I am like Francis embracing Jesus and wanting to embrace his world and his people and the wounds and the suffering and the love or if I'm more of being embraced by Jesus to be transformed by him and and give everything I am to him that and and that he may heal and and make me whole and and just shower me with his love so there's so many ways to pray but that's the depth of Franciscan spirituality it's that union with Christ Jesus or Francis in the birdbath is that what results of that union with Christ it's being able to embrace all of God's creation as brother and sister that you see God in everything no matter where it is or what it is in the wind in the rain in the snow in in other people in the gardens with the squirrels that's what they say um uh, you know, early in the church, there's been the Manichaean heresy that um, that you know matter was evil and spirit, the spiritual side was the was holy. And um, somebody had said, you know, God loves matter because he, he created a whole bunch of it. So obviously, he well, and he became, he became, <laughs> he became the, the incarnation, and yeah. that is so Franciscan. The incarnation yeah. is the 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 goodness of the world that we are. The world is a good place. And, and those that God has created and all of creation is, is, is infused with God's goodness and God's love. And, and that's, a, that's a hard message today, I think, because there is so much conflict and, and uh, violence in our world. It's hard to see our world as good. And I think we need to see our world as good because that's how God sees it. Uh, so I'll go to... Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Keep moving. No, that was amazing. Uh, so, uh, so Sister Julianne, so uh, yeah, can you share it a little bit? Sure. Well, my story is much more simple. <laughs> Only because I think God was very good to me in giving me parents, first of all. Um, my dad's family is Irish. My mother's 
whose family is German. And I think their heritage brought their children to know God right away in their lives. That didn't mean that they didn't have to choose it. Because I, I notice even with my dad's family, for an example, he's a little different than some of my other uncles were. But at the same time, they, they are very similar to um, So again, I think it was their choice of putting faith first. Then God made it so obvious, I think, that I was meant to be a sister because I had our sisters in elementary grades, high school, college. I've only known our sisters my entire life. So, and I think, if anything, that I say to young women today is that God loves us. He doesn't always make our lives so complicated that we can't figure it out. And I think sometimes we have a tendency to make things complicated because classroom schedules are complicated, um, politics is complicated, Sometimes our, our faith life gets complicated if we try to explain things rather than just live them by the heart. So, um, so I think that would be my story in a nutshell. That thanks, thanks be to God, I was blessed with Franciscan sisters in my life. And I do feel the charism of Francis very much in my life, too. It was the Eucharist, and I think I got to Mass every Sunday. I, I can't think of any time I didn't go to Mass with my family, unless we were sick. <laughs> but I remember playing sick a couple Sundays in a row. That was the end of that. <laughs> so I guess that was one thing. But I, I think of the Eucharist a lot with Francis, too. It's that unity of the body of Christ, doing something for someone, um, and getting to know the Franciscan sisters. It wasn't just having them as teachers. It was doing something with them after school, or as I got older, as a as a young adult, to be able to actually do ministry with the sisters, um, whether it's singing or doing something for somebody else, it's just great. So that, uh, that's important, right, is, is being able to do something outside of the classroom, so seeing them as an actual person, right. not as just a teacher. Or, yes. so. yeah. I do think personal relationships are, are the number one thing in any, any type of vocation search. If you actually have real relationships, whether it's with young men, if you're a young woman, or vice versa. But as a community member in a religious congregation, if you really don't get to know the sisters personally, it's very difficult to follow your life to this group of women. So I've been blessed with really good friends, including the two I brought along on this trip. (laughs) (laughs) See, I know that's my friend Trey. He spent a lot of time around (laughs) priests. So it was was all that influence that... uh, See, he used to be. We used to get into dance battles at clubs. So then, <laughs> then now, now he's Legendary. in the seminary. I know. Now he's in the seminary, and I can't. So you win. <laughs> I, I said, uh, "Wait, you, you're retreating." So yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, all right. So we'll take a break, and then we'll we'll be back. This is Mary McClory, M Little C Big C Little L O R Y, and you're listening to Joe's People. Hey folks, we want to let you know that the Joe's People Amazon store is open for business. Just go to joespeople.com and click on our store link at the top. Or you can go directly at joespeople.com store. We have some of Joe's favorite Catholic books, music, and movies. We have both paper and Kindle books, and music by Catholic musicians, including one of Joe's favorites, composer and pianist Eric Jenis. Come check us out. That's joespeople.com store. Thanks and God bless. All right, so so we're back, and 
Uh, we're talking with the Franciscan uh, Sisters of Christian Charity. Um, so, yeah, the one thing I wanted to ask is, um, I know, like, we have the uh, Dominican uh, Sisters here in, in Austin, and they're getting a, like, they just, they're building a new uh, chapter house, I guess, because they, they're getting so many vocations. So, I mean, I'm wondering what, how are rotations going in the Franciscans? And not that there's a competition or anything. We're just, you know, just curious, like, is it, because uh, you're doing a, so that this, this tour is sort of, or, you know, journey is to talk with with young, young women about vocations. So how, how are you seeing it, you know, going in general? I would say at this time in the community, there's probably more young women reflecting on Franciscan charism um, than there probably had been in a while. There's probably many factors for that. I think um, Pope Francis would be one reason yeah, I was gonna ask why about, people yeah. might be considering the Franciscan vocation. The second one might be that... Um, we are very open to having young women who have, are past college age, who have had maybe some job experience, and that are willing to give their lives in some of the ministries that we're involved in. Because our sisters are involved in very interesting ministries, and many of them they have come to because our community has seen their gifts. And so we're very open to seeing the gifts of young women. I think another reason why I think more prevalent right now is I think the young people of today are just more open to having their friends and acquaintances follow God's call. There's a much more open spirit. Um, I think even 10 years back, the fact of becoming a sister was even more difficult to express in the family and friends. And I do see a change. And I think the family's changing too. I definitely see that young women who may have a family member who might be objecting to a religious vocation, they see that they're, they're, they have to live their life. Yeah. And they have seen that today we have to respect and encourage young people that get married, as well as young people that pursue religious life. Because both calls demand energy, prayer, and support. So it's I funny, guess, I mean, some of the saints dealt with that whenever they, yes. they, they were going to religious orders, right? Even, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas, right? His brothers kidnapped him yes. right, to prevent, because it would just be a scandal for him to become a, uh, to go into religious orders. And I think the young women that give me the most hope are our sisters that are recently finally passed, those that are in temporary profession. Uh, it's not an easy world. Yeah. And so to try to uh, approach religious life in a changing world, it takes a lot of faith, but it takes ingenuity too. Yeah. And it's a lot of creativity. We need all of those aspects. Definitely. So now, I probably, yeah, I wanted to ask about uh, a, a, a typical day. A, a typical day, which I know there's no typical day, right? Especially um, for Franciscans. For Franciscans, yeah. So I mean, if I was talking to Carmelites, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, we're going to pray ten Perfect. hours a day or whatever," right? So. Uh, <laughs> well, our day. How about if we say what? Our community life. What? What are part yeah, of our fun. community life? Our life entails an hour of um, silent prayer, meditative, contemplative prayer every day for each of our sisters. We have that word freedom comes across. We have the freedom to make that hour whenever God calls us to do that. For many of our sisters, myself included, it's five in the morning because it's quiet, it's um, before the date starts, it's before mass, and um, and, and that works. I'm Some friends of mine, sisters, um, it's at noon. 
they, they're, they're, they have a, a good hour for lunch, and they, I know one sister, she escapes to the choir loft um, every day, and that's her during her time. It's the middle of her day offering to God. Um, for other sisters that are night people, it's at night. It's yeah. nine at night in the silence and the quiet of the darkness. So that hour, for, and it can be anywhere. Um, Francis says, "Pray always and everywhere." Yeah. And so we uh, we are blessed in in Wisconsin with the beautiful seasons, and you can't get more beautiful than right now with the fall leaves. Uh, this year is is exceptionally beautiful. So to pray outside, um, and or, you know, by one of our grottos or by our lake, to pray in chapel, to pray in one's room, um, it, wherever you are called and, and and to change that up I think that's part of Franciscan creativity is to listen to the spirit and how is God calling you to deepen your your love life with, with him so that our prayer is part of the life of all of our sisters every day our our vespers and our, our morning prayer lauds in the morning and, and in the evening now it depends on, on your mission on your where the local convent you live as to what hours that happens um, the convent I live at um we pray at six o'clock in the morning. Pray, pray lots, and then um, we go to mass at the parish church. So we have to get in the car and, in the winter time, scrape off the the windshield and yeah. you know do those kind of things. So you have to give yourself enough time to get to mass, and then and then it's ministry. It's where you know whether you're called in working in one of our schools or. or um, if you're in the parishes or in the hospitals or in the clinics or so the ministry is, is definitely a part of our life and um, and then our lives come together again in the evening for prayer and depending on the hour and the time and for, for meals we eat together every day and like the, the comment I live at we take turns cooking yeah. which is a wonderful community event because you need to put up with, with each other's cooking as yeah. well as enjoying each other's cooking and find out some you know, some uh, dishes go over better than others but sometimes um, it's a blessing and sometimes it's mortification exactly <laughs> and, and, and actually I love cooking it's a wonderful outlet from all day in school and class and you know you can be just creative and make something for your sisters to enjoy and hopefully it turns out well um, and then the evenings you know but in the old days, they would call recreation. We still call it recreation today, but it depends a lot on your ministry. Again, where you're involved in and as a local group. We end up going to a lot of the, the, the students' high school football and basketball and volleyball and uh, soccer games as you know, sisters to support them and um, be part of their lives. The band concerts, the the choir, you know, and um, so things things of that nature. Or we sit a lot of our recreation is sitting around and talking after supper. We kind of just kind of gather, stay gathered and and do that. And then it's time to correct papers or get ready for your next day. So um, so the day, I, I don't know, help me out, sister is here with me. Am I pretty doing well pretty well? <laughs> Sounds like a good day. It is. I, I always notice religious orders, they're always, and I believe in diocesan priests, it's always, it's usually about getting up about five or four in the morning. Yeah. So there's no cares or there's no, it doesn't seem to be an order that's good for like getting up at 10. So <laughs> if there was one like that, I'd, you know, I don't even mind looking into it. But, so, but, uh, but um, so yeah, so now, um, so, so uh, right now your, your vocation is to journey and you're making this journey from Wisconsin down to Austin mm-hmm. and um, you're t- 
talking with uh, young women about uh, discerning a vocation. So now you and so you're going to give a talk tonight in a, or a presentation called the Eucharist from Adoration to Action. Right. So. Um, Which you can't get more Franciscan. <laughs> yeah, it does sound uh, definitely. So so how? Um, yeah. So can you give me a, a, a synopsis on that? On. Is that. Um, <laughs> First of all, in the time of Francis and Claire, Eucharistic adoration as we know it today didn't exist. There was, throughout the the writings of Francis and Claire, there is a, a love and a respect and a reverence for Jesus in the Eucharist, and there are stories of that. Um, but the 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 adoration of at that time for Francis and Claire was much more centered around the cross and scripture and living out of that the, the, the rule of life of Francis came out of that obviously the gospel way of life and so the adoration of Jesus through his word and and through his image on the cross and living living the, the gospel life and so as as we have uh, shared the Franciscan spirituality with uh, a variety of different groups and, and, and people and young women, it is that of trying to, to help convey the message that Jesus is, we receive him and we are called to become him to each other. And so the, the the prayer, the time of prayer before him and with him and and in him is to be transformed to bring him to others. So it is a, it's an action. First of all, the action of prayer and then the action of, of outreach, of touching people's lives through whatever ways. Am I doing all right? Is that a yeah. pretty good synopsis? Yeah, I have seen even the... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, contemplatives will talk about that there, there's a, uh, yeah, they transition transition from contemplation to action. It is. Uh, it, and, it's, uh, that, and that feeds each other. That Absolutely. The also uh, helps occur like, as well. Right? Absolutely, yes. Yes, I did not tell you my holy part of my story. Yeah, the, <laughs> okay, yeah, the, other, part, the holy yeah. part that I would tell the students, as well as the unholy, because you brought this up, Joel, uh, is, is about the Eucharist. I, I learned, I, ever, even when I was a young girl in grade school, there was something that happened to me at Mass. And I was different after Mass and after receiving communion. And I knew I needed Jesus in my life through the Eucharist every day. And the best way to do that is as a sister. Yeah. For me, for most of us. It, that's our life. It's centered around him in the Eucharist. So that's the other segue of my story. Great. So um, all right, so you, you you all will be you'll be talking at uh, St. Albert's tonight and then um, and then you'll be uh, on Wednesday or you're going to College Station I guess to talk talk to the Aggies. We're going to just be present with them. We are invited for a meal, which will be great, and a tour, and then we'll end our visit with Mass with them. So that'll be great. Yeah, my friend uh, Marcel is on the, the council with me or the, the committee, so um, okay. I'm sure he'll be. Uh, yeah, the, the A&M tends to generate a lot of vocations. So and they, we, uh, we be... are going to meet someone that has contacted us there, so that'll be exciting to put a face to her too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you'll have to hear all about Aggies and UT and 
yeah. the, 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 the whole rivalry between A and M and UT. Yes. The, on on the Simpsons, they get Springfield A and M versus Springfield University. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's why we're going to balance the next day by going to the other campus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, go to, you, go to, you go to the UCC. So yeah, that's all. It all. You, you got to play the okay. game. Yeah. <laughs> and we have been praying for the Aggies forever because they the. Um, uh, they have always asked, sent written letters to our community asking for prayers for their retreats. Huh. Okay. So, uh, the Flancas and the different... The awakenings. The awakenings. Awakenings. Yes. Yes. awakenings. Yes, so it'll be fun to see it, see them in person. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're good people out there. <laughs> I never visited them personally, but I've met a lot of them. So, yeah, they're... Uh, but great. Very cool. We'll have a good, have a good trip out and back and... Uh, um, and yeah, you and say hi to my buddy Paul Finley. So I'll do. He's a good man. So all right, it was good having you on the show. Thank you, Thank you so. Take a break. Okay, that's the show for this week. I want to thank the Franciscan Sisters of Christian Charity, Sister Julianne, Sister Marianne, and Sister Carmen Marie, for being on the show and sharing their stories. If you want to check out their website, it's fsc called to be.org that's f-s-c-c hyphen c-a-l-l-e-d t-o-b-e dot o-r-g and also thank you to my friend sabrina blackwell for joining me as my mostly silent co-host <laughs> and also for introducing me to the sisters and thank you for joining us for a mile or two in our walk with god this is joe geisler saying good night and god bless from austin texas <laughs>